Hello, and thanks for taking the time to tune in to our podcast. This is Pastor Carson with Calvary Tabernacle. Every week, what we're putting on the podcast is a snapshot of what's happening here, whether it's our local services or whether it's different teaching sessions. And the ultimate goal is really tied to our mission here at Calvary, and that is to reach, to connect, and to disciple. We hope that wherever you are, this podcast is a blessing for you. And if you're in the Indianapolis area, we would absolutely love for you to come by. Join us for a service, whether that be 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, 6.30 p.m. on a Sunday night, or 7 p.m. on a Wednesday. We would love to see you here at Calvary Tabernacle. God bless you, and enjoy the podcast. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 is where we're going. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She was a homeowner. That's a big deal. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, if you stop there, that sounds like a really good thing. But you got to read on into the sibling rivalry a little bit. And you know it's a real thing. But But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. That's the KJV. The JBC. Martha said, tell her, get up. Tell her, get up and get in the kitchen. Jesus answered, said unto her, Martha, Martha. Not Marcia, Marcia. Martha, Martha. You're telling on yourself. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Imagine getting scolded by Jesus in your own house. That's what happened. I'm going to, um, I want to preach for just a little while on dinner with friends, Okay. Friends and family, we're going to talk dinner with friends, and I I want the Lord to meet. What I really hope we can do is feast on his word for just a little while here this morning. Because how many know it's more important before you go feast on something at CCS? For those of you that forgot to pack before you pull through Taco Bell, which y'all pray for me is probably what my family's going to do. (laughs) Because nothing says healthy like processed cheese.
Real Mexican food. God help us. But before we go feast over there, we need to spend a little time feasting on this word. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We thank you for what we feel in this house. I thank you for the great guests and visitors that are with us. But I thank you so much for our CT family that is here. You have blessed us with your presence. You're better to us than we deserve. But I'm asking that you would make my tongue as the pen of a readied writer, that I might speak with wisdom and clarity under the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that people might grow because of our time in the Word. Help it to be palatable, interesting. Help me to make the Word come alive. But more than anything, let your Spirit sweep into this house and help us to be better because of our time together. It is your will that the body is edified. We need it. We, we just simply cannot do it without you we need your help in the mighty name of Jesus Christ amen God bless you and you may be seated does anybody in here remember the first time you you got taken to a nice restaurant some of you are like no that still has not happened I'm not trying to cause any fights does anyone remember you remember when you went to a nice restaurant for the first time brother Titus I have a I have a great memory of the first time that I was introduced to a multitude of forks at a table. I was extremely confused, and you have to act like you know what you're doing. Has any, wave your hand at me if you've ever been there before. You're honest. I did not know. I wish I had known that you start from the outside and work your way in. I just went after the one that I thought looked right and then found out very and there's always, in some of these restaurants, there are those waiters that, you know, you know, they're not a waiter, it's a career, right? You know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and they come, and if you've used the wrong fork, I remember I had used the wrong fork, and I think I heard... <clears throat> like they come and set another one down over your shoulder. I just got to be honest, y'all. Brother Turner, I'm not as comfortable there. I'm not. Let's take this one step further. Have you ever had friends over to your, to your house and you serve in an entirely different way than when it's normal dinner? Some of y'all better tell on yourself. You'll feel better if you get it out. You know you never use that china. Your kids have never seen that come out of the cupboard. New people come in. They sat down, and then you have to pretend like this is how you always do dinner. Right? I can remember having people over, and the good stuff came out, and everything was set just, you know, thus and so, and we're walking into the dining room like, who lives here? <laughs> Whose stuff is this? Any of you grow up with that china that had like the little gold rim? Yeah. Try to put that in the microwave. That's a science experiment. <laughs> and it's so different. Friends come over. Or how about this? When you go to a friend's house, you know that you don't act the same when you go to a friend's house as you do at yours. Walk in, take your shoes off at the door. Your whole, the socks actually don't have holes in them because your wife made you check, Right? We went to a friend's house for Christmas. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Went to our friend's house for Christmas last year. 
Brother Kilman, I did not check my socks. Did not check my socks. Put myself down. Now, we're pretty close friends. Put myself down on the couch. I put my foot up, and my heel was in full effect. They still laugh about it. My wife has certain pairs of socks that she hates that I have. Am I telling the truth right now? Hey, I got them on right now. Listen. <laughs> but these don't have holes in them, so I got to keep them. When you're at, you're at your house, you don't care if your holes. Come on, can I get a guy to help me right now? You don't care if they got holes in them. They're comfortable. That's air conditioning. Somebody said, that's a little trashy, but it's okay. I, I, <laughs> you're comfortable at your house. How many of you would just help me right now? We're getting here with some. Even at your house, when it's dinner with friends, you're all sitting around the table. You're, you're, it's very proper, or at least on some level. But if they're not there, you know it's kind of everybody just come grab your food. How many of you eat your dinner in the living room? Come on, you TV trays, you need to confess right now. It'll be good for you. We're setting up counseling next week for some of this. I... But you're being comfortable. Now, in walking down this lane, now that I have kids that are in the youth group, I have found something out about teenagers. Teenagers are okay to invite their friends over. And then they have you on the hook. Right? I have found out, and they have heard this, so this is not private. They're okay with this. Teenage boys can eat a lot of food. A tremendous amount of food. Like never-ending, bottomless pit amount of food. We have had to limit bowls of cereal, Brother Jed, at our house. Cereal is expensive. I've been walking down the aisle at the grocery store, and there's this thin little tiny box of cereal. I'm like, what is that? How is that $5? That is one of my kids one morning. I need a big, I'm going to Costco. I need... I want a box of cereal that takes a back brace to pick up. That's what I want. The kind of thing where somebody's standing on the other side and saying, lift with your, lift with your legs, not your back. Lift with your legs. But my kids have a tendency to invite people over even when we don't know about it. And it's okay. Has any parent in here ever been asked about a friend coming over while the friend is standing there? You kids listen to that laughter. You know what that is? That's nervous laughter. That's I'd like to whip them in front of everybody laughter right there. <laughs> Parents, one more on that. How annoyed does that make you? Thank you. Doesn't it feel good just to say it dressed in casual clothes? Say it out loud. Some of y'all want to stand up right now and point at them. I've been waiting to tell you. <laughs> Drive me crazy. Well... Feeding your family can be a challenge. Feeding a bunch of people can be additional. In this setting of Luke chapter 10, when you feed Jesus, you feed the whole crew. Imagine, Brother Kilman, when Jesus comes, you get all these disciples with him. You're not feeding one extra guy. 
You're feeding a dozen of his friends. That makes dinner different. Jesus, we'd love you to have a, come over for dinner. Absolutely, we would be delighted. <laughs> You're going to go from filet mignon to hot dog. You go from baked potato to crinkle cut. Here they all come. And Martha is being a good homeowner and a good hostess. She's in the kitchen. Now some of you ladies, you can cook. And some of you men, I know you can. But for the sake of the story, allow me the liberty. It was a woman in the kitchen. She owned the home and she's in the kitchen and the pots and the pans are going crazy and she is clamoring about and she is working hard and she has got flour on her face and her apron is covered with, who knows? I wanted to say cookies. I always think of Sister Hunter. You know, whatever those, what are those sugar cookies with that icing? Oh my God, those are so good. And I, I don't know what she was making, but I do know she did something like this. She said, hey Mary, why don't... Mary, walks outside, hair's a mess, flour all over her. She's still got a rolling pan in her hand. All the guys are gathered around Jesus. They're listening to him teach. And there's one little girl laid out there. It is the position of a disciple. It was normative of the day that those being educated by the teacher would put themselves at his feet. So she was historically in that, in that right setting, in that right place. The oddity of it might have been that she was the alone female, at least it seems for the setting. where We don't have the clearest picture of who all was there, but we kind of see a bunch of disciples, and here's the little sister. It speaks to the fact of Martha as the oldest, the entire, everything thing about the narrative lays it out and she has had enough now only you know how mad you can get at a sibling <laughs> some of you still got issues how many know you can get more mad at a sibling than anybody else now you still if somebody else attacks them you'll defend them to the death but you want to kill them too and she is mad. Listen, let's pause and think about this. She is interested in serving Christ while mad at her sister. Let's break this down. She's serving Christ but mad at her sister. Wanting all of this to taste delicious before the Lord. I'm going to serve him and all the friends he brought with him. Really wanted to serve him, but I found out that when I minister to him, I have to minister to his people. Because wouldn't it be nice for us if we could just get God and not have to be nice to the people that love him? But that's not how it works. When you get him, you get his followers. I've talked to a bunch of people that are like, I love God, but I can't stand them. Then you don't really love him. This is a package deal. Because trust me, you're messed up too. You know you are. You don't want to admit it, but you got your flaws too. 
You got toenails on your carpet too? You got toothpaste? Well, we've all got problems. Everybody's got warts. Everybody's got issues. She wants to serve Christ. She gets all the disciples along. It's still a high honor. How many believe it would have been a high honor to have Christ and the disciples? But Brother Barry, it would have been nice if her sister would help. Can I tell you that while I know how the story wraps up, I will admit to the reality, Brother Jason, that I also, I'm a little bothered that Mary's not even helping. She's not even, like is she chewing on a croissant, listening to Jesus? Martha walks out, Mary's amening. And Martha's had it. We talk about this sometimes. Every person in this room's got a breaking point. College kids got a breaking point. Worship directors got a breaking point. Right? Breaking point. And she broke. Can I tell you this? Every now and then, Sister Katie, it is okay to just be that raw with Jesus. I kind of applaud how raw she was. Now, she's going to get... She's gonna get Corrected, but sometimes it's not until you're raw enough to say how you actually feel that you hear what you actually need to hear. Because faking it like everything is okay doesn't typically get you closure on the issue. Pretending that everything is all right doesn't typically get you closure on the issue. Got a problem with your sibling? You're in good company. It happens. But at some point, you got to address it. You got to address it. So she stomps out. Can't you see her? Come on, let it. I wish I had some kind of a good clip to show you. She just... Apron in the wind. Gina! I'm in there cooking all this food. You brought all these guys. I'm in there, I got, I got chicken on, I got biscuits in the oven, I got Taco Bell coming. No, that's not true. And she's sitting here, and she is not prepared. When she says these words, tell her, get up and come help me. Don't you feel like this little, like, pitiful? Like, oh, Jesus, tell her to get up. Tell her to get up and go help her. What's he say? You're worried about... Many things. Many things. You're more worried about whether your meal tastes good than your attitude being good. You're more concerned with how the china looks than how your spirit looks. You're more in love with the food you're preparing than the sister you're tied to. It's, it's really quite a moment. Now, it would have been one thing had Jesus given her this in private, but she did it in public, and so she got the repercussion in public. Why don't you tell her, get in there? Help me out. And he said, no, I'm not going to. Now, she could have got mad. She could have cried on the chicken and biscuits. 
But what did she do? She sat there and she listened. She listened to the raw instruction of Christ when he said there is really one thing that is needful. Everybody say one thing. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. She's found it. She's found it, Martha, and you need to understand this. If you have... If you have the most luxurious spread in all of the county, if everybody in the church knows that you're the greatest cook, the greatest chef, the greatest babe, all of these men, they might lick every finger when they're done eating this meal. But if at the end of it you've served a good meal, but you have served it with a poor attitude, what have you really accomplished? Let me break it into modern terms and take it out of sibling rivalry and just put it into families as a whole. If you drive a brand new Lexus but you and your wife don't even talk, what have you got? You get a promotion at work and everything seems great. They all think that you're the best guy there but your kids haven't had you spend time with them in weeks. Uh, I feel a little something now. Spend lots of time with the buddies. Plenty of time at the coffee house with the girls. But the family, all these are kind of pretend. You get more annoyed with them than you do with your friends. You're more worried about your public image than your private relationships. That's good preaching right there. That's, I know I'm not running around. I don't even have a tie on, but that's good preaching right there. I'm helping somebody right now. The most important thing in your life is not your public image. It is your private relationships. It starts with your private relationship with Christ and then it translates into your private relationship with others. And if you're... If the people who know you privately detest the person you portray publicly, you're fun-loving and friendly with everybody out in public, but you're... You're nice and... Hey, I'm the life of the party! But when you're home, won't you shut up? I'm talking where we live right now. This is the true stuff. When 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 you're in public, everybody thinks you're the happiest person in the world because you don't let your depression crash until you're... Well, I can control it better when I'm out in public. No, you can control it. You can control it. If you can control it for them, but you can't control it for them, then you don't have a control problem. You have a... Can I tell you this? You have a lying problem. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself and your family is seeing it. And and Jesus was trying to teach her, before you're excited about dinner with friends, you need to be excited about dinner with family. 
Because what Christ was really trying to teach was this body concept that when you come to me and you feast on me, it's more important than any food you're going to feast on. What did he tell to the disciples? Those same disciples in John chapter 4 about that woman after he had talked and they show up with food. They went to get dinner, Brother Brown. They come back. He said, I got meat to eat you, no, not a. There's parts of me you don't understand. And they were so concerned with the public image. They come in, he's set by that Samaritan woman. It's kind of the same thing that's happening here. What is going on? Jesus, help us, help us, help us to be honest about who we are. To be honest about who we are. Ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you as the pastor of this church, when it comes to, I cannot do this without the help of God. I, every day I've got to come back to a place where I say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you more than, I, more than the food that I eat. More than the money in the bank account. More than the vehicle that I drive. More than the house that I live in. Come on, what do we used to say? Take the whole world. Take the whole world. Take the whole world. But give me. Come on, somebody help me preach for a couple minutes. I'll be done. Take it all. Take the bank account. Take the house. Take the car. Take the chicken and dumplings. Take the good meal. Take it all. But give me Jesus. If I can get this right. If I can get this right, then all of a sudden that I treat other people, the relationship with family, and then the bleed over into friends, I won't have to fake it if I get this relationship right. And that's the truth. If we can get this right, we won't have to fake so much. We won't have to fake. We can just be real. You know one of the most comforting words in the world or one of the most comforting statements in the world word is for you to be able to say that I don't know. Why'd you mess up? I don't know. Why you act like I don't know. How about these words? I'm gonna I'm gonna help somebody. These words right here, these are liberty. I was wrong. <laughs> Men, how many of you be honest? That, was just, that's, that tastes like uncooked cabbage. I was wrong. <laughs> I, let's practice together. I was wrong. Some of you couldn't. You stuttered on it. I, I, I. I would. I, I. <laughs> Ladies, you too, now help me. Ladies, I was wrong. Now, guys, I got to be honest. They did it much better the first time. They were, they were, and then they were ready to clap. They were like, yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> guys, I'm going to let you redeem yourself one more time. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and we said it louder that time. Like, we're going to win this thing right here, right now. <laughs> You're worried about so many things. You're worried about all these things. There's one thing that's really needful, and she's found it, and I'm not taking it from her. Whether you're a regular CT member or whether you're a visitor that's here with us today, I want to conclude by telling you this. In your life, there is really one thing that's needful. 
Brother Angela, there's one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. Everything else is a bonus. One thing is needful. I've got to be right with him. I've got to learn how to get at his feet. I've got to learn how to get before Jesus Christ and let him speak into my life. That's why you can be a part of the same body and the same family. While different people are going to be at different social status and different uh, economic status, and we don't judge each other by that. For some people, it's cheese puffs. For some people, it's filet mignon, and, and there's no, that's not what's most important. For some people, it's million-dollar homes, and for, for other people, it's they're, they're barely renting and barely making it, living week to week. And the, but that's not what matters. Hear me, that's not what matters. One thing is needful. Get at the feet of Jesus. I can't make it without prayer. I can't make it without being in your word. I can't make it without you. I got to talk to you and you got to talk to me. And I, I can't get so distracted by many things when there's one, one thing. Somebody shout one thing. Stand with me in the house of the Lord, if you will. So here's the question. Are you Mary or Martha? Sorry, guys. I ain't either one. Do you, do you resemble the attributes of Mary or Martha. Can I tell you in North America, many of us represent Martha a lot more than we represent Mary. I'll show up, I'll put, I'll punch my spiritual time clock, I'll let the people see me. I was there. But Jesus is calling you back. And he's saying, what about the private time? What about the private time where you watched CSI for four hours and didn't pray for 40 minutes? You, am I too close to home right now? I'm talking to all of us. We've got to be honest. If, if with anybody, start with yourself. When I look myself in the mirror, I've got to be honest with me. Friends that have gathered in this house to be with us, we are delighted that you're here. But I want to tell you who is more glad than we are. The one who died for you. The one whose blood was shed for your life. You want to be successful in business? I hope you are. But don't do anything at the expense of sitting at the feet of Jesus. Today we're going to have dinner with friends over at CCS. We're going to do it. But as we eat dinner with friends, we got to remind what makes this dinner special is our relationship with Him. Our relationship with Him. I want you to lift your hands if you're willing right now all over this house in a sign of surrender unto God. Just lift your hands up towards heaven. And I want you to ask God to evaluate your heart right now in your mind. God, is there anything in me 
that is pulling me in many directions and keeping me from being close to you. God, I'm asking you right now, with the tall task of pastoring this great assembly and trying to lead in this beautiful city, I'm asking you publicly, I want you to help me. Help me to evaluate my life. Don't let me be a good public figure, but a poor private father. Don't let me work hard for marriages with others, but not work hard privately on my own. Don't let me talk about prayer, but not privately spend time at your feet. If there's any hidden thing in me, oh God, help me. Help me to realign my relationship with you. Come on, somebody with your hands lifted, I want you to begin to pray. Let God maybe prick your heart just a little bit right now. Come on, let Him work on you just a little bit on the way that you think. Young people, I want you to let God work on you right now too. Come on, college students, I want you to let Him work on you a little bit right now. Elders and middle-aged alike, this is for everybody. I've got to get back to the feet. I've got to get back to the feet of Jesus. Sí. 